0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special on-the-road edition of The Sam's Report. I am in Seattle, and obviously I'm not in my studio, and if you're trying to watch the video and you're wondering why you're only hearing audio, it's because, well, uh, it's 7 30 in the morning and I'm trying to record a podcast, and you trust me, you really don't want to see me at this hour. So, but the show must go on, life must go on, and it was a crazy week of Build, a very crazy week. We're going to dive right all into the craziness, the goodness, it just... I had a lot of fun. There was a lot of good stuff announced, and we are going to go uh, headfirst into this. That I want to answer a question that I got uh, by quite a few people. So, if you weren't watching the Twitter feeds and doing all that stuff, and I don't blame you. (laughs) Twitter can be a a crazy, crazy bit of awfulness. Um, I got my hands on the legendary Clippy suit yesterday. Yeah, like the one and only, you know, the true Clippy suit. And so I wore it around build. <laughs> it was really ridiculous. And so if you go check Twitter and you search Clippy and you see all those photos, yep, that's me. And people are wondering one, how did I get it? Well, you know, mysteries are better left untold. But uh, the second reason of why I got it is actually a, a story you may or may not care about, but I'll let you know on uh, what it was. So for both days of build, there were pre-brief sessions so the day before all the press would get all the information so that way we could write it up if you notice that uh between 8 and eight thirty every day all this news went live we had it all covered that's why because we got a pre-brief session sessions and during this the head of microsoft communications frank shaw he was uh he was giving me a hard time and he was calling me out on stage for a few things uh, you know, just joking, obviously, but give me some hard time. And I said, you know what would be hilarious, and I was talking to Paul and Mary Jo, I said, Is if Clippy showed up and said, hey, I see you're trying to insult Brad, here's a few better suggestions. And they both looked at me and said, hey, you know, we're going to interview him on Windows Weekly on Thursday. It would be hilarious if you could actually make that happen. And so, lo and behold, I was able to pull a few strings and get the Clippy suit out of the Microsoft archives. And when Frank was doing his interview session on Windows Weekly, I busted in like the Kool-Aid man, and you can go watch it, and uh, Frank was befuddled, and you don't see that very often from somebody who runs a uh, the global communications for a billion-dollar industry. So that's why I had it, and then I went walking around, went into the press room, and it, it was quite fun. The thing is immensely hot, and I gotta give shout-out to Paul because he almost killed me. We You can't see your feet. Like you can't even see probably three feet in front of your feet. So you're walking kind of blind and we had to go down four levels. We were on the fourth floor and Paul says, hey, why don't we get on the escalator? Because, you know, I can't see my feet and getting onto a moving platform. That's a lot of fun. Just kidding. I was afraid I was going to be returning this clippy suit covered in blood. But anyways, on to day one of build. Day one of build is kind of what we looked at as what pays the bills for Microsoft. These are all the growing revenue lines of business. This is where they make most of their money. Uh, It's why people were honestly here. This is a dev show. And so one of the big things that was announced was called Cosmos Cosmos DB. So this was uh, an evolution of Documents DB, but really what this is, is the ability to replicate a database anywhere around the world with extremely low latency inconsistency, and consistency uh, and it's it's backed by service level agreements What what people generally refers to as slas and what that means for those not aware is that if Microsoft promises what they call five nine uh, performance guarantee meaning uptime of 0 point nine 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 five nines or latency of sub 10 minute, 10 milliseconds if it breaks that then Microsoft owes them money or at least you know some sort of uh, compensation and so This is a huge deal because it allows you to take any database replicated across the world and have extremely low latency, high availability with quite literally just a click of the mouse. You create your database and then you click the regions you want it replicated in and it's done. This is going to be um, for high availability applications. This is I don't know if game changing is the right word because there's other things on the market that are similar. Google has Spanner. But this is much more um, intense and much more uh, service level backed. I, I, I believe in everything that Microsoft is promising. So they're, they're kind of out on their own ledge with this. And uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this takes off. It's going to be one of those gradual things that new applications will be built in. And to be honest, it's actually already running. Companies like Jet.com are using, I think like a billion transactions are already going through this stuff. And so it was an evolution of the Documents DB uh, platform. I, I find this stuff really fascinating about how this is going to um, in- improve performance of, of applications no matter where you are in the world. It'll be interesting. I think this got overlooked by quite a few people. And it supports just about everything. It supports NoSQL, uh, Mongo, and everything else that you could really imagine. So go check that out if you're if you're playing in that azure space cosmos db it's um it it looks really interesting other things that were announced on day one cortana skills so these are kind of uh things like the echo has but one of the ones that i'm really pumped to see is the dark sky i use this all the time on my iphone dark sky is a great little thing that will tell you quite literally 10 minutes before it's going to rain it's hyper local uh, radar and weather data and so it's coming to or actually i believe it's already there with cortana skills i'm at, this i was quite surprised to see them already on board this gives me a little bit of hope of optimism that these cortana devices that are coming like the invoke really do kind of stand a chance because microsoft is getting out of the gate early although i really wish that microsoft would have given away invokes on stage or something to that effect so that people could have gotten these things into the hands of more developers but they did not they didn't do any giveaways we're also thinking maybe vr headsets but um, no they they said you know you can pre-order those things but they didn't give anything away other things that were announced if you are a bash user and this is all from day one if you're a bash user there are now two new flavors of linux coming to you Suse and fedora and they also announced that you're gonna be able to install this stuff from the windows store which is great uh it gets more people into the windows store which is something obviously microsoft has been trying to do for quite some time and Uh, you know here we go now the one thing is is they think this is gonna streamline the process make it easier to install although I will say if you weren't able to install the Ubuntu bash in the shipping version of Windows 10 today you're you're probably not the target market for this stuff but anyways uh, that is all coming too. cognitive services big announcements around this stuff making it easier to access cognitive services if you're not familiar with that is this is the demo on stage where they showed uh, a construction site And they had a camera in the corner and that camera using the cognitive services because it can recognize images um, and things in the real world was able to locate missing tools or help people find new things. One of the the demos that they showed off on video is imagine you have these cameras all set up at a construction site and uh, an employee needs a saw and they're on the seventh floor and they don't know where it is. Using this tool, they can go find it and say, hey, it's on the third floor and have somebody from the third floor bring it up to them. So that is awesome, and that's a really neat use case, although I don't know real, how realistic that honestly is, at least at this point, because you think about, okay, that, that's gonna save somebody time, and we all know time is money, but how expensive is it actually to put all this stuff into a construction site? If you've never been on a construction site, like the one that they were showing, which is appeared to be a high rise building, um, it, to wire up that sort of infrastructure on the go always to get that type of a savings, I don't, I don't think it's gonna be cost effective. For that type of a scenario, I'm not saying the demo and the technology isn't awesome, but I think that the demo that they showed off, uh, it, it was neat, but I don't think it's going to represent a realistic use case for what is going on with this stuff. So, other things they did show off the HP or it, HP HNK, the Harman Kardon Invoke on stage. That wasn't a big surprise, and actually should have been used in real demos. Uh, Other things that were announced, though, uh, optimistically about that is that HP is going to be building devices, and also Intel is going to be working on it as well. So the reason why I'm kind of optimistic about this is Harmony Carton is generally a premium product. And so we're expecting that price point to be probably near the top. HP generally makes a wide range of this technology or price points, I should say. So I could expect to see that their Cortana devices are going to come in uh, less expensive than what H&K will do. So uh, other things announced on day one, new fully managed SQL services for Postgres. Uh, and also fun fact of the day, Azure AD went down for about 15 minutes yesterday. So just kind of tying all that good stuff in um, actually True story, and I like to think all my stories are true, I don't know why I prefaced or qualified that statement, but we did a meetup last night, and I I didn't get permission to use his name, so I won't say it, but I met the guy who works on identity with Azure and actually on password resets, and so when you can imagine that Azure AD goes down and people don't quite know it, password resets tend to go up pretty high, and so you can imagine what type of day he has when uh, Azure AD goes down for a few minutes. And so, build day two was obviously the much more exciting day, but it's also kind of the more of the legacy business in some respects. Not completely. I shouldn't say it's all that. And so, Redstone three got its announcement, and I it annoys me, but they're calling this thing, and I don't know why, the Fall Creators Update. I I don't know if they're calling it that because these are all the features that fell off the original Update, uh, Creators Update. But here we are, the second Fall, second update of for Creators. And that's the name, Fall Creators Update. Uh, This is the year of the creator, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. And so let's kick it off. There's some really good stuff. So placeholders, if you've been paying attention to anything I've said for past 18 months or so, I told you placeholders were coming back, and here they are. The placeholders are back. They're going to arrive this fall. We will see the beta of them arrive this summer, and there are the placeholders that we kind of know and love. And the way that Microsoft is solving some of the key issues here is that there's going to be a new status column in File Explorer. So when you have you have the fi- typically have the file name. There's going to be a status column with the cloud icons and then you know your standard file explorer details, uh, like size and all that stuff or whatever you have showing. But what it's going to do is that little status thing is going to tell you, is this file stored in the cloud? Is this available locally or is this stored locally? And, and there is a difference because available locally means you could have used it once and um, it's still there, but it's not permanently on your machine. And so it may go back and up into the cloud, but this, they're hoping that these new status icons will help people know, hey, this is what's going to be available offline and online. Uh, and its placeholders i think it's going to be great i'll be curious to see how well it works because this is a much more deeply integrated uh, application or or service i should say or whatever you want to call it it's not the superficial high level thing that they originally had with windows 8. this is actually deeply embedded and works with the file picker and works with all the applications that you know and love and uh, it also works with onedrive for business and more importantly for SharePoint online users, it also works for SharePoint Online. So it's not just a purely OneDrive feature. And I know SharePoint Online and all that stuff, it's all OneDrive kind of infrastructure. So that's not a huge surprise. But for SharePoint Online, that's a pretty big deal because some of those repositories can get massive And uh, yeah, and the nice thing is you can see how how large the files are from on-prem, from your local machine. And if you want something permanently on your device, you just right mouse click it and click save to device. And then it's always going to be available. And of course, it does also do the delta sync where if there's a change to a file, it will download it automatically to your machine. So I'm really looking forward to placeholders. I think that's going to be a nice uh, welcome feature. Next major thing is the fluid design system fluid design is what microsoft is calling their next language uh this it harkens back to like the idea of metro but this was formerly known as neon and microsoft showed off a bunch of this stuff and it's coming and it's going to take its time and if you've listened to any of these shows before and i know i'm putting put myself on a high horse but it's always nice to hear microsoft reiterate what i've been saying this is going to be a gradual integration for the fluid design system anybody who came out and said hey this is going to be a massive overhaul from day one that the microsoft very clearly stated uh, at least in the private sessions, that this is going to be a gradual introduction of the Fluent Design System. It's not going to hit all on day one, and so just be on the lookout for that. It, it doesn't really add a lot of value in terms of like productivity, but it definitely adds a bit of eye candy. I, I can't say that I don't like it, um, but if you're looking for productivity features, this isn't really the one for you but uh, it it certainly does look nice and hopefully it will give some cohesive and consistency across the UI and who doesn't like that and so UI updates are always fun they're just not really valuable at the end of the day Uh, One feature that is really valuable and that I'm looking forward to is a feature called Timeline. So this looks really neat, to be honest. And what this is, is it allows you to go back in time, as the name would suggest, and kind of take over where you were at any given point. So if you're like last week, you knew you were working on a project and you can't find it or whatever, you open up Timeline, you scroll to it, and you can launch it right from this feature. I think this is pretty neat. Uh, What does make me concerned about this is that Microsoft only showed this off in uh, a mocked uh, concept video and so when well, microsoft shows mock like concept videos and stuff on stage and not actual demos it makes me a little nervous that this project isn't very far along and um this may not be completely fair but i get a little nervous thinking like, eh, is this actually going to make it into the shipping build in time because this is a pretty big project but you know they announced it and they seem confident that it's coming i'm honestly really looking forward to this i think it's going to be a huge help uh i think it should be good i you know, there's really no reason to not be excited about something like that. The other cool thing, too, is Rome. Right? I think it was called Project Rome, but it's obviously Rome, R-O-A-M. This allows you to jump between devices and it uses the Microsoft Graph, which probably got the most shout out of any Microsoft technology. They, they said Microsoft Graph uh, dozens of times, especially on day two. But what it allows you to do is let's say you're writing an email on your phone, even on an iOS or Android device, if you're using Outlook, and then you jump to the PC, it will roam and you'll be able to, to move that state with you. And so this should be super helpful for a lot of people. I, I'm curious to see how well this works and what all applications can be tied into this, but it looks neat. And one of the things I think Microsoft is hoping is that let's say you're on Windows and you're using Spotify and You use Spotify and you jump to the phone. Rome would be able to work in that instance as well. Twitter, anything else can integrate this stuff, it's just API access. And I think Microsoft is hoping that this is going to be maybe another feature that might get more apps into the Windows Store. So, Rome looks really, really neat. I'm pretty pumped about that. And quite possibly my favorite feature announced is the Universal Clipboard, also known as OneClip. This has had a couple names over the years, but the Universal Clipboard is finally coming. So there's a couple things. If you right mouse click and you copy on your Windows PC, you'll be able to get it on your Android and iOS device. The one downside is is that you have to use SwiftKey, which is a third party keyboard. Uh, that Microsoft produces. I wish they would do it through an app because third-party keyboards on iOS. I can't speak specifically about Android because I don't use it enough to quite say if it's good or bad. Uh, On iOS, though, it's very inconsistent. Apple's done a pretty poor job of implementing that stuff. And so... But it'll work. That's the way it's going to work. If you have the SwiftKey keyboard, you want to get all stuff. So I might try to force myself to get used to that. And... uh, It'll be interesting to see i'm really pumped about this i i love this universal clipboard stuff it's the best experience of microsoft can do because it, it shows that microsoft doesn't really care what device you're using in mobile because uh you know it, it's working with everything and you see that with Rome and you see that with clipboard it's like you know what microsoft has positioned windows to become the excellent companion device and that's their kind of modable strategy during the day two keynote session pre-brief somebody very specifically asked if you were going to see anything about mobile or continuum and they very bluntly told us no so there was there was nothing related to windows 10 mobile here and that that's just another sign if you're still running that phone you know be happy with what you have today not with what you're going to get tomorrow That that's the best way to look at it i still think they're working on something with windows on arm but they did not talk explicitly about it continuum is a big downer i secretly hope that behind the scenes they're still working heavily on that but there was nothing announced at build today about improvements to Continuum, which is disappointing because samsung is coming out with their dex software and uh microsoft had the lead there but you know they're kind of squandering around that stuff another neat app announced for redstone 3 and this is where the creator stuff comes from is called story remix and so it's Kind of along the veins of Paint Remix or whatever, 3D Remix. I actually really like this app. So this is a video editing app that Paul and I were complaining about for a while. It's like, you know, they're calling it creator's update, but there's no video editing app. Well, now they have one. And it's not just a video editing app. This is a pretty powerful thing. I highly recommend you go watch the videos from the keynote about it. But here's the deal. So you can take a video and then you can actually implement objects into it and anchor them. So the one example they showed is a girl kicking a soccer ball. And so you can actually turn the soccer ball into a fireball and then when it hit the net, they added an explosion. And so that that doesn't sound like much, but go watch the video about how easy it is and how this is gonna be able to bring this type of technology in video editing software to the the masses. And the nice thing is, is if you use Paint 3D Remix, that uh, Remix 3D, the online marketplace thing that Microsoft has created, uh, you can import any of those objects into these videos and bring them to life. I, I honestly think Microsoft did a wonderful job here of building a video editor that isn't just another boring video editor. Uh, I'll be very curious to see how Apple responds to this. Microsoft has been getting a lot of credit for really going after the market that Apple somewhat abandoned, that like creative segment. And this is another great app for every user that can really enhance videos. I, I'm I'm very you know, I, I was gonna say I'm very proud of Microsoft, but I think that's probably not the right way to say it. You know, I think they did a good job. I think they they found a way to differentiate something that is relatively mundane at the end of the day, video editing and it's not something that looked hacked together and they showed it off and it's not some prototype thing like this is out uh, it's supposed to be out now for the insider builds and so go check that out i'll be curious to see what people want or able to make i really wish you could export the gif um i i didn't explicitly see that you could do that so i wish that that was happening but uh it's a neat app i definitely recommend checking it out other things announced, I mean, that's really the gist of Redstone 3. They did say it's coming in the fall. Microsoft previously said September uh, in a different blog post about their goals. So look for the September-October timeline for that type of stuff. VR headsets got a lot of on-time stage and not a whole lot new was announced. We did get the price points, so there's going to be $399 and $299. We already kind of knew that stuff uh, available this, uh, this holiday season. Other things though, they announced motion controllers, which I think are really cool. So the 399 bundles are gonna come with motion controllers, which do not require third, uh, not third party, but external devices. Like if you're familiar with the HTC5 or the Oculus Rift, you need these sensors to be able to track the controllers. Microsoft doesn't need that for their, their devices. What it looks like is there's two sensors on the front of these headsets and they can see the controllers and track it. And Microsoft says they have six degrees of freedom and uh, they look good, you know, I think this is gonna be good. So 299 and 399 for this kind of stuff is a good price point. But here's, here's the big thing with uh, this stuff. So I would make the argument that these VR headsets are probably targeted at the niche enthusiasts, especially the early adopters, right? And so this holiday season, they want you to spend 299 on this stuff for 399, you know, if you want the bundle or whatever. It, that same demographic is also gonna be targeted with the Xbox Scorpio. So it's, they're gonna have a choice Do you want to buy a Scorpio or do you want to buy a VR headset and I think it's going to be one or the other and I honestly think that it's going to be the Scorpio that wins I think more people would buy that than a VR headset Um, just because you already know the experience coming out of the gate. there's gonna be a lot of content that thing so I think that's going to be a tough sell initially but again this is a longer term play this VR AR headset stuff Microsoft calls mixed reality but uh, that's going to be the option at the holiday season but I, I see more people buying Scorpio than this stuff but I could see that this stuff is going to have a longer tail than, uh, than the Scorpio. So that is coming. One other thing that was announced, um, at least it was on Twitter, and I haven't fully verified this but I'm pretty sure it's accurate based on what other people told me, is that the HTC Vive and the Oculus Rift will not work with the Windows holographic stuff. That sounds kind of odd but at the same time Microsoft stuff isn't going to work with, uh, I don't believe, Steam out of the gate or at all we don't quite know unless it comes to the Windows store and obviously it's not going to work with the uh, the oculus stuff either so it's you know what it's a different ecosystem and here we are with multiple ecosystem so the big shocker though from this event was the apps that were announced? So there was like Autodesk and all this other stuff, um, which is great. Don't get me wrong; I'm not downplaying that those announcements. But the big shocker was Microsoft uh, is bringing iTunes, or I should say, Apple, excuse me, is bringing iTunes to the Windows Store. This is huge, and uh, this is this is a very big deal because for people who are going to run Windows 10s, there's two applications that come up time and time and time again, and Microsoft acknowledged this behind the scenes that they need one is iTunes and the other is Chrome. Now itunes cannot be replicated microsoft can't make an itunes they can make a groove they can make other things but they can't make itunes because it's apple stuff it's apple music it's your backup recovery it's got encryption it's got all that stuff that is apples and microsoft can't do that so them to get itunes into the store is actually an extremely big deal and gives makes me a lot more confidence that windows 10s really might honestly succeed i i'm getting more and more confident seeing that. That this platform isn't going to be Windows RT version 2 and that there really is some actual muscle behind this so uh, props to Apple I'm assuming that it's this is a centennial app and not a true UWP but either way it's in the store and it's going to be serviced that way which is a big 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 win for Microsoft do not undercut that value that this brings because that's that's a huge deal for Microsoft it really is that is like the tier one app that they need uh, the reason why I'm not saying that about Chrome, yes, Chrome needs to come to the Windows Store for Microsoft to truly uh, have Windows 10 all locked down or Windows 10 S. But there's a lot of issues. For example, uh, Chrome would have to use the Edge rendering engine. Uh, we talked to Terry Meyerson. Um, actually, I talked to him, and he, he kind of casually mentioned, he said, you know, I'm not in the, in the business of giving ex- exceptions for building apps for the store. Uh, but I could honestly see him giving the exception to Chrome. But it's... The issue is Chrome would have to use Edge HTML browsing engine, which that's not going to happen. So I don't know. Uh, the thing is, you don't need absolutely need Chrome in the Windows Store for Windows Ten because Edge is there. Yes, I fully agree that Edge is not as good as Chrome, but it's at least a, a viable alternative. There's no alternative to iTunes, so we'll see. I don't know if Google is really going to do this, but you know. Let's give Google a chance to see if they're actually going to try to do this and work with Microsoft. It would be a big win for everyone involved. But uh, I, I think Windows 10S might really actually have some some uh, muscle behind it and long-term longevity. Long-term longevity. Excellent job. I'm, I'm sunk even though it's only 7.30 in the morning. So that's, that's the huge stuff. Other things that uh, we were able to see, Windows on ARM. So Microsoft did a session uh Windows on ARM where they showed off the Snapdragon 835. I got to tell you guys, it, the performance on that thing is incredible. Uh if I was Intel, I would be pretty nervous to be honest. Like it, it, if you were blindfolded or didn't know that this thing was running on Snapdragon, you'd have absolutely no idea, at least from the applications that they were showing. Performance looked great. Now, granted, they weren't running the most heavy applications, but for a basic user, by all means, everything looked fantastic. And that's really all there is to say about it. People were saying, well, what's, you know, what's different about Nothing's different. That's the whole point. It's Windows 10 on ARM. Like, you can't tell a difference. That's the point. They down In the demonstration, they downloaded 7SIP from the web, fired it up extracted the file installed it and then ran the application just like you would on an intel or, or amd based machine and the performance is wonderful guys i'm really really pumped about this I'm, I'm curious to see how this changes the dynamics of the, the, the pc market so uh good job to qualcomm and microsoft i mean this stuff is looking fantastic no word on when that stuff is coming out or when we're going to see more but we know that devices are going to start shipping in q4 and so there you go uh yeah so i didn't actually post a questions thread this week but michael martinez did the good deed and actually created one and there's a couple questions that we'll dive into but nothing too crazy here so tourniquet asks he says when joe announced fluent design he said it will come to the shell and apps can we assume it'll also come to windows 10 mobile usually when microsoft talks about windows 10 it also means windows 10 mobile in recent years without specific mentioning it i also got the impression microsoft will continue with windows 10 mobile for enterprise um i don't know if fluent design is coming to the phone it it seems like it should because it's coming to uwps and uwps as we all know make their way to these phones but i gotta tell you guys microsoft was extremely quiet about talking about windows 10 mobile at this event and so if you're holding on for the last vestige of hope that microsoft is going to come launch some massive new thing that's going to save windows 10s it was not announced here and it was not announced with fluid design i don't know about the enterprise stuff either i'm sure hp is forcing them to do some things but again that's going to be enterprise stuff and nothing too crazy and i don't have a lot of details on it mostly because microsoft didn't tell us a lot of details uh michael R. martinez says as we looked at the surprise of itunes coming to the windows stores being a big boost in the case of windows 10s do you believe chrome coming to the store just increased Google makes money no matter what platform or project their products are on. Chromebooks and Windows 10 S devices are not cannibalizing each other. Therefore, it could be hard to see how Google uh, could be each other. Therefore, it's hard to see how Google would be competing uh, with itself. So, I, I definitely hit on this in the, pod, the normal part of the podcast, and I agree. There's some serious hurdles, and I hope that Google makes this happen. I, I honestly do, but um, I think it, let me let me phrase it this way. I think the probability of chrome coming to the windows store has increased with the announcement of itunes does that mean it's happening today or tomorrow is it in the works today i don't believe so uh there were some rumors and hints of stuff floating around build that google is now actually kind of more seriously considering trying to bring chrome to the store but you know i want to say the writings on the wall or anything like that but i definitely think that they're now more actively looking at the windows store uh, Let's see. Por uh, Porfirio, Porfirio says. In other words, forgive me if this one asked before. But with all the press about laptops with Windows 10 S and the free up and the free upgrade to Windows 10 Pro, has there been any mention of the ability to reload the machines with your own Windows 10 version, boot and install your own? So this is a very good question. So we don't know. Here's the thing. So let's say you have a, a Surface laptop, and you upgrade to Windows 10 Pro and then you need to do a restore. Your machine craps out or whatever, and you got to redownload or reboot, or not reboot, but do a, re- a system restore. What does it restore to? Is it gonna restore to Windows 10 Pro? Or is it gonna restore to Windows 10 S? More specifically, if you pay for that upgrade, and then you wipe your machine and da- redownload the image from Microsoft.com, is it gonna put Windows 10 S back on, or is it gonna force you to go right back to Pro, or will you have that option again, or how's it gonna work? This is a really good question, and to be honest, we don't know until we get an actual device running Windows 10 S that is the what's gonna be the retail or shipping version. So this is a good question, but unfortunately, until we, we play with this stuff, Microsoft hasn't answered those kind of nuanced questions. Uh, asked, are there Uh, Are there, will there be Windows Insider Builds for Windows 10 S? I'd like to give it a spin on the low-end laptop I have. I don't know if Microsoft is going to allow you to downgrade to Windows 10 S. Will there be Insider Builds for Windows 10 S? I fully believe so. But at this time, I don't think they are shipping those uh, out right now. And Microsoft has previously said that you won't be able to downgrade. So um, it's a good question. And typically with Insider, there's a little bit more leeway, but they haven't fully announced that stuff. So Windows 10 S is supposed to arrive relatively soon. I mean, if they're shipping... Let's see, if they're shipping the Surface laptops in the middle of June, That Windows 10s has to arrive before then, whether or not they're gonna allow us to play with it uh, and download it in that capacity is a completely different question. So uh, as always guys, thanks for tuning in. Um, you know, No video this week, no intro or outro music. I'm on my laptop and I forgot to bring it with me. And so this is a rough and raw edition of the sam's report but um for those of you who watch the behind the scenes videos that paul and i do there's going to be a pretty good one coming up trust me i think this is one of our better iterations because it's got the clippy stuff we got stuck kind of stuck on a ferris wheel it has been a good trip so i'm in seattle this week uh next week i'm actually headed to new orleans so it might be another kind of uh crazy week for podcasting paul and i are going to be down in nola as some people call it uh from tuesday through friday uh Granted, I love traveling, but I don't like traveling back-to-back weeks. You know, I like hanging out with my kids. Um, But anyways, as always, guys, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed Build. Uh, Have yourselves a wonderful weekend, and we'll catch you right back here next time on The Sam's Report.